You're listening to SM Media, the number one place for exclusive content. Hi everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the Scottish Football Show right here on SM Media. I'm Scott McPowell, delighted to be your host as always. Delighted to be joined by Shankers this week. Shankers, you're back, how are we? I am good, Scott. Uh, it's, it's been a few weeks since I've been on, but plenty's happened, plenty to get through. Definitely. Well, I'm not with Wilson and Rory this week. We've got, uh, they've got parties to be doing, so they've, they're not on the <laughs> show. We are joined by Charlie Richmond. Charlie, it's, uh, it's been a, a week where the kind of referees have been the talking point in Scottish football, so it's been a great pleasure to have you on and hopefully defend our corner. Hey, that's that's why I'm on. Oh, <laughs> let's talk about them. That's, I'm that was, just, that I'm was surprised. a quote from Wilson. That was Wilson's... <laughs> I'm surprised Wilson's not on. He put the three daggers right in my back. <laughs> Brilliant, how are we? I'm good, thanks. Yes, good. Brilliant. We are obviously going to start the show with some sad news. Obviously, we, we heard during the week, obviously, the sad loss of Walter Smith, obviously, Rangers icon, Scotland manager, the United assistant manager and player, legend of the Scottish game. Charlie, obviously, been a referee back in the day. You must have had your, your run-ins with Walter. Just how good a man was he? And you must have some great stories about Walter. Oh, that James. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, he was a gentleman. And... He gave you the time of day uh, when you come into the dressing room to check boots, equipment and stuff like that. And he was always willing to have a conversation with you um, and also defended you as well, funnily enough. Um, I remember there was a bit of a hype run about the referee and, and I was appointed to the League Cup semi-final at Hamden between Rangers and Falkirk. And uh, Walter had been asked the day before and he says, oh, what about the appointment of the referee, Charlie Richmond? And he turned around and he says, oh, we've got no problem with Charlie. We'll no need to worry about him. Uh, we'll just concentrate on our own game and and, uh, and date for there. So, yeah, I don't think he was a person who could who have suffered fools gladly type of thinking. And I think he would have been quite good to, uh, uh, sorry, a good judge of character to see through you. But but some of the stories are, are phenomenal. I remember uh, I'd done a game at Tannadice, the Indian United Rangers. They had just played each another in the uh, League Cup final and there was a, Kenny Clark had refereed it and there was a debate about a penalty and and so forth. And anyway, the game finished 3-3. I thought it was a great game. I thought it just, one of the types of games, just keep it going, et cetera, et cetera. And both Walter Smith and Craig Levine come in at the end of the game and and, and uh, offered congratulations and praise in my performance and, and, and said, I wish everybody could referee like that. It was a, it was a brilliant game. But uh, on the funny side of things, I remember, I remember uh, an old firm game, uh, Rangers, uh, Morris Edu scored about, it must have been about 90, 91 minutes uh, to, win, to win. And uh, of course, Walter's like, ah, he's like, ah, he's just, how long's he playing? How long's he playing? And I'm, of course, we're mic'd up by then. And of course, I'm like, ah, and I'm, I'm saying, Dougie, do you get seven minutes? Where do you get seven <laughs> minutes? And Walter Smith like that. Beep, beep. <laughs> and he's like, I'm waiting out, Walter, to find out. Is it seven minutes? <laughs> and of course, the BBC were always asking, how long you go? How long you go? So I put the seven up and I put it on. 
And what was I going off his head? And I turned around to the uh, to, to the BBC and I put it out and I put my I put my fingers up as if to say three minutes. We're gone for three minutes. And he was like, "You trying to give me a hand?" I'm like, "Here, have a wee jelly, baby." Well, calm down. But also again, we were at Celtic Park this time and. Um, Vinnie Gura Hesselink had put in a challenge on Broadfoot, yeah. very, very high, and Walter had been up in the director's box, and he come horsing it in the stairs, right out onto the touchline, and he's got his leg right up, saying, Charlie, that's a red card, that's the clearest red card I've ever seen. And, and I was like, I says, Walter, what if you don't get too high with your leg? You'll be pulling a hamstring <laughs> and a groin there. <laughs> where they are, but, uh, yeah, I am. Um, a very good man, a very good manager, a very good, well-respected guy in the game. And uh, unfortunately, uh, a, a sad and massive loss in the game. Yeah, definitely. Shank, because obviously you've been a, a Rangers fan, Walter Smith responsible for a lot of, kind of great memories for the, the kind of years you grew up. How do you remember Walter Smith and you, what's your kind of favourite memory of Walter? I just only echo what you've said there, Walter Smith. Gave me some of the best memories as a, a render supporter growing up as a as a kid. I, I'm not old enough to remember nine in a row, etc. But taking taking my my boyhood club to a European final, winning uh, winning the the last league title before um, old Stephen Gerrard won one there the, the at Rugby Park the the goals and uh, seven minutes that they won the league that day. Some of, some of the the best memories I've had uh, following Rangers and supporting Rangers uh, that man gave me and, and I'll be forever grateful for that. Uh, I had a season ticket at Ibrooks, fortunately, uh, during a few years that, that he was a manager, Champions League nights, um, finals, uh, league, league titles. So he, he's given me some of the best memories that uh, that I've had as a, as a Rangers fan, as, as a kid growing up watching my, my team that I loved. So... Um, uh, I'll be forever, forever grateful to him for that. Yeah, definitely. A brilliant man, brilliant manager, as Charlie said. Just a, a sad loss to the game, one of the greatest characters in the game. And just a, thoughts to all the all his family, obviously Ethel, his wife, his sons, his grand grandchildren. Just a sad loss and his thoughts are with everybody. We'll move into, obviously, the, the weekend. Obviously, we've had some, some action in the, the SPFL. We obviously had some action during the week as well. Quick result over the, the midweek, Shankers, any results catch your eye over the, the games in the midweek that we... Uh, I think it would probably have to be uh, Ross County, Dundee. Uh, 5-0, Ross County, a team that I've been struggling of, of late. Obviously, Dundee have as well, but for MD to go to Dens Park and take uh, five off Dundee, they're doing well, never mind a team that, that's there or thereabouts, uh, down next to them in the in the league, so to go there and, and win five 0 conventionally is a uh, is no mean feat. So uh, that's probably my my result during the week. The one that stands at the most, and there were some cracking goals in the game as well. I don't know if you've seen any of the highlights. Yeah. So uh, the free kick for, for thirty five yards at least. Anyway, and then the first goal there's some lovely play, and the boys finished the outside of the So that was probably the result that caught my eye the most. Charlie, would you echo that? Didn't yeah, 100%. 100%. And, and what I would also throw a bit of weight behind is, is Malcolm McKay kept saying after games, we're nearly there, we're nearly there, Ken. We're, we're, we're just cutting away, we're losing maybe a wee bit quality in the final third. 
he, I don't think even Malcolm Mackay saw that performance coming. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that, no. that was a phenomenal performance from the first whistle to the and four nothing at half time. Um, and as Shanker says, quality goals and the boy on loan for Watford, what a free kick! Yeah. And I, I think I must have heard about eight people say during the week after the game that was the best free kick they saw live, and um, for there. So, so that stands out. Um, Aberdeen going to Ibrox and, and, and getting a draw. Um, obviously, we don't need me to tell you what happened with regards to emotions and that side of things because players are, are very quite emotional in how things happen. But going there and being 2 nothing up uh, and, and, and maybe should have held on for the, the win, but there you go, 2 each with regards to, to that side. Um, that would have been, a, a, again... Uh, Aberdeen manager uh, Stephen Glass is saying, "Oh, we're, we're no far away. We're no far away." So we've got to kind of start to get it back. These guys, that as much as we've been saying, "Well, we don't see you where you are," but there, there we go from there. So they, they would be my kind of standouts at uh, at midweek. Yeah, definitely. We'll move into the results over the weekend. We'll start at Celtic Park. Celtic had a chance to go top of the league, and obviously finished nothing each. A draw with Livingston. Livingston got a, got a point at Celtic Park. Obviously the the last minute penalty there was missed by Giacomakis. Shankers, Celtic will be frustrated that they didn't get the result. Aye, of course. we playing in the Saturday. Uh, Rangers obviously playing today, so they had the chance to go top. Put a bit of pressure on Rangers going away to Motherwell. And I think they did everything. They done everything but score. I watched a, a large chunk of the game, and the later it got, you almost. You almost knew knew what was going to happen. We we all the possession, loads of chances, and it, it just it was just one of the days. You, you almost knew that they, they weren't going to score. We we watching it. Livingston obviously rode the luck. They they had the they dig in deep, put men behind the ball, and and the teams like that have to have to do that when they go to Ibrox, Parkhead, even even Pinecastle, Petardry, etc. Teams have to put so many men behind the ball to give themselves a chance of coming away with anything. And, and Livingston did come away with anything. Uh, did come away with a point, which they were a bit of hand off before the game. The penalty was a strange one. I've uh, seen the, the boy, I think it's Juranovic or something like that, at left back. He, he's been hitting the last few penalties. He's on the pitch and then he, he, he's no taking it, which is a strange one even. Kyogo and informed striker scored plenty of goals and he's not taking it. It's, that was a bit of a weird one for me, but uh, sure we'll, we'll come on to the incident that led up to the penalty and Charlie came up because I've a bit of uh, explanation on that. It's, there's a few folk unclear with, with how it is. Uh, for me, it's a penalty the guy's left at his hand in the, in the box, so that's, but there was people saying it was a bit maybe a bit soft, etc. but still they'll be disappointed, but... Um, Livingston delighted with a point away to Parkhead and a clean sheet. Charlie, obviously we'll get your thoughts on the, the penalty at the end, and but Celtic will be the missing a big miss in the chances they had, and obviously the, a big chance to get a bit of confidence and kind of that kind of psychological edge going going top of the league. How big a miss would that be for Celtic to to not pick up all three points at home? Massive, massive. Every manager <clears throat> quietly looks at the league table, looks at the fixtures and says, right, we're going to take X amount of points from that run of fixtures for that. So they bracket it into probably three blocks of 12 
uh, and they'll say to themselves, right, we'll take it for that, we'll take it for that. Celtic would be counting that three points. And also, it sends a message across the other side of the city that we are here to challenge because we are now top of the league, albeit only for 24 hours. But this is going to happen quite a lot, I think. That up, teams up around the top, your Rangers, your Celtic, your Hearts, etc., etc., getting opportunities to go top of the league and not taking them. And that sometimes doesn't put the fear factor into the other team who is waiting to play 24 hours or, or, or four hours or whatever the case may be later. So that would be a big slip up because let's face it, with, unless you're a Livingston player and supporter, etc., you're obviously going to go there to, to Parkhead and think you can get a result that everybody else would have thought, yeah, it would have been some one nothing, 2 nothing to Celtic or whatever, but a big, big opportunity missed. No qualms about the penalty decision? It's not a pen- uh, There's no qualms about the penalty aspect of it. The ball is still in play. The goalkeeper has the ball in his hands, uh, and he obviously the defender goes and slaps the the um, Kyoto in the head. For me, I don't see it as a red card. I don't think it's excessive force of brutality. So Bobby Madden's putting him off for violent conduct. I see it as a penalty and a yellow card. And for there, because I think it's just a, 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 an act of aggression in regards to there. I don't see it as a, as a clear act of brutality and excessive force. It's a slap. One thing it is, is very stupid of the player because the ball is still live. So anything he does is penalised. So Bobby Madden is 100% correct to award the penalty kick. But I don't think the slap in the back of the head falls into excessive force or brutality. Shankers, we'll touch on Livingston and how kind of well they got it tactically. Obviously, spot on. That's a fourth point against Celtic from six, so it's a it's been a terrific kind of start against Celtic for Livingston. But going to this the penalty decision, I'm keen to get your thoughts on this. Obviously, Giacomakis took the penalty, and Ange Postecoglou said that they'd made that decision before the game. See, as a striker, if you're not in the best form, I don't think by all reports Giacomakis had a good day. Do you think that's right that they pick the penalty taker before the game? What happens if you're having a really poor game and, as you say, Juranovic just took the past two penalties and it's... I, I just thought it was a weird one how they make the... I don't understand how they make that penalty decision before the game and, obviously, form can play a big part in a game and you can have low confidence going into a big thing like that. That's the last kick of the ball and he and doesn't have the confidence to take it, I don't think. I, I, I think most teams uh, at every level will have a kind of designated penalty taker and a, a rough idea if they get one who's taking it, if they're on the pitch, etc. So maybe they have decided that before the game, but I just I don't get why the last few penalties have had the the boy Juranovic has kicked them and he's on the pitch and he, he doesn't take them after scoring the last couple. I, 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 don't, I don't know if... Uh, I can't pronounce it, the big striker's name. I don't want to make a, an arse of myself, but I don't I don't know if he was on the pitch the last couple of times that they got a penalty in in a in the Juranovic has, has took it off him or what, but I don't get how he's hit the last couple of penalties and then he's no went and no went and hit uh, hit that one. I, I, I do uh, I'm confused with that a wee bit. But if if they've decided before the game that uh, that he's a designated penalty taker, then there's no really an argument to be to be made for it. But uh, as you say, sometimes 
in the moment. Players maybe feel that they've got confidence to take it and stuff like that. He's maybe thinking, I've not had a good game. This is a chance to, to go and score the winning goal, can get the confidence up, uh, make himself a, a hero almost, be scoring a last-minute penalty. Uh, but that's a strange one, but if he's been designated penalty taker before the game, you can't really argue with that. But uh, it was a terrible penalty as well, to be honest. I mean, yeah. a goal shouldn't, in my opinion, a goal shouldn't really be able to hold on to the ball for a penalty. The other odds are stacked against him. Uh, it's hard enough to save one by tipping it round and palming it away, but the goalie has actually like collected it in his hands and, and caught it. That's how how easy it was to save. So it'll be frustrating for his point of view, but. Livingston got, got the game totally uh, spot on and and David Martindale says in his interview we, we went in there with a, with a plan for a clean sheet and if they get anything uh, over and above that then it's a bonus and, and they got their, their plan spot on. One of my, my pet hates is it's people moaning that, that teams like Livingston go to places like Celtic Park and, and Ibrox and sit men behind the ball. They have to, aye. See, Chief Livingston go there, open up and try and play Celtic and take five balls off them. It's as simple as that. That's I was that was a bit surprised for a hash at the start. Just aye, for that, I know. the movement he's got and that if you one player who can open up a defence is kind of stacked as Livingston, you would think it'd be kind of for a hashy and how well he played in Wednesday against Hibs as well. That was a strange one, but it was a weird one, wasn't it, Shankers? It is it's I mean, if you're him, you're raging because you're in form, scoring goals. I know they've maybe got a, a game midweek and they maybe think, right, we can take care of Livingston without him. But I know as a player, if, if I'm if I'm playing games, scoring goals, setting up goals on form, you want to play every single yeah. minute, every single game that, that's possible. And, and it seems like that type of player that's, that's more than capable of playing 90 minutes and Saturday, 90 minutes and Thursday, neighbor without even even thinking so and, and knew that the result went against them fans and 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 even Ange maybe to a certain extent will be thinking why did I not play him for the start because yeah. if for the start chances are it's a totally different game some of the chances that, that they've had early on uh, if you give Kyogo uh, two chances the way he is the new scoring one of them so it is a strange one that he didn't start but Levy's, uh, Celtic should have enough uh, in the locker to beat be anybody in the league uh, he's not one the team never mind Livingston so that's a bit of a strange one but uh, they should have had more than enough to, to do the job and unfortunately they never if I was if I was Ange Postecoglou I would have started with my strongest team oh, start with your strongest team and if you go 2 nothing and 3 nothing up it's and easier to take off. the player off exactly take the player off and all you just have to turn around and say to him is I'm giving you a wee rest and it, and a lot of players, well, you can chankers. A lot of players will accept that. Yeah, oh, we're up to nothing. We're up three nothing. Are we rest for the the line of fixtures coming up? It must be very difficult as a striker or as a player with fifteen minutes to come on and try and turn the game that has effectively been been nothing in the game. That must be the hardest thing to do. You're talking to the right man, Charlie. <laughs> How about you come on and turn every game, pal? <laughs> You, you, everything you touch just turns to gold. You're the Midas man at the form, the new. Yeah, if you want against come that turned the game, unbelievably. So there and, and, and so forth and so forth. Charlie, I quite well in Livingston as well. Tactically, David Martin, they'll get that spot on. 
Tactically, yes. Yeah, he'd say they had worked on it. He'd worked on it Thursday and Friday and just drilled the players and drilled the players and drilled the players. It seems to be that Livingston are that type of team. Wherever they go to a game against the likes of Celtic Rangers and maybe even Hearts and etc. etc. Whenever they've been asked to sit in on the, the, the new terminology as the low block, the 4-4-2 or the 4-5-1, whatever, um, for there, they're comfortable at that. They know their jobs, they know their routines. But as I said before, there's games that they need to come out and play and, they're, and they're, they're struggling. They're struggling with that. But other times, they're happy to sit in and, and, and sneak what they can. But their um, seasonal, their seasonal no be defined. The oh, points will help. I must uh, admit, points will help because there are no many teams will go to the Celtic Park and, and, and win and even pick up a draw. Definitely. But we'll move into the game of Petodre. Aberdeen continued our the resurgence, obviously, seven points out of nine in the last three games. One's at Ab- uh, Hibs, then obviously a point at Ibrox. And a 2-1 victory over Hearts, coming from behind with goals for Watkins and Ferguson. Charlie, are we resurgence at Aberdeen? That's seven points for nine. Or they've kind of recovered quite well for a poor start. Yes, but it, it, needs, to keep, it needs to keep going and going and going. And, and the, this, the play, again, we talk about Stephen Glass, we're no, we're no far away, his chairman's coming on and giving him the, the, the backing on the radio, he was on the, giving him the backing and everything for that. And Aberdeen must keep this going. They must then start to go on something like an 8, 9, 10 game run where they're picking up. It's no good just two results fall away. Two results fall away. Two results fall away. Before the game, Stephen Glass would have probably took anything, but to, to get the three points and and the manner of what they've done, um, yes, he'll be he'll be happy. Shankers, what was your thoughts in the game? Hearts took the lead through John Souter, and then Watkins and Ferguson bring it back for Aberdeen. What was your overall takeaways for the Aberdeen Hearts game? What what you've said before, if. If Aberdeen were offered seven points out of nine with A3 fixtures, Hub Tarts and Rangers, I mean, seven points out of nine, you, you would have took that straight away. Definitely. So, especially in the, the form that they were in. So, I think that's Stephen Glass will be delighted with that. And I think, as Charlie says, going on now, they need to go on a, a, a run, a, a winning game and picking up points because it's no good enough just to turn up for three big games. It's easy to pick up for. So it's easy to pick up for Rangers, Hibs and, and Hearts. It's easy to pick up for the game, big games against teams that, that you're round about the table uh, with and, and you're still challenging against uh, year in, year out. So it's easy to pick up for the games. It's the other games uh, against the teams that, that you know you should be beating. Aberdeen have been struggling against uh, so far. It's, it's those ones that they need to go and, and get wins and clean sheets and, and start moving up the table because... Yeah, when I watched them on Wednesday night against the uh, Rangers, I'm on, I'm thinking how how's this team went and lost the uh, went and at like ten games uh, without a win in the first well the first first 30, 40 minutes of the game I'm thinking how's this team uh, doing so bad this season uh, but now you can see that what they've got and what they're capable of with the, the last three results and. And Glass was under a bit of pressure and, and now with the three results, he's, he's maybe bought a wee bit of time and, and got some more supporters on board because there was a lot of them calling for his head already. So uh, 
he'll be hoping that, that his team can keep that up. And Hearts, Hearts up 1-0, they'll be disappointed to, to lose, uh, get up 1-0, get up but uh, probably can't really argue with it on the, the balance of play. Struggling to keep a clean sheet again, Hearts, and leaking ah, goals. goals. as well. Big yeah, Bonds is a big mass as well. When he's not playing, there's a big mass, there's a kind of big mass of vocal presence as well. But again, Halliday seemed red at the end as well, probably didn't help. And that was kind of frustration, I think, just get the better. Yeah, after. jumping in. Yeah, yeah, lunging in, should I say now. Lunging in from the side with excessive force. <laughs> but we'll move into the result at Tanadice. And D United now, St Johnson won a massive win for St Johnson. Ending the United seven-game league unbeaten run. Shankers, that's a massive win for St. Johnson, but the, the full credit has to go to Xander Clark for what has been described as one of the performances of the season. I think going away in the United in their current current form and the, the run that they're on, St. Johnson, where I'm at, where I maybe uh, took a point off all the game with, with the current form that the Dundee United are on. But to go there, one now clean sheet. As you, as you say, Xander Clark, uh, the man in the moment, um, going going there and getting three points is a is a massive result for St. Johnson. Uh, going by the the form of Dundee United recently, and St. Johnson are probably in a position that they feel that they should be doing a lot better. Nine nine from the table, so I know the, the points for fifty to bottom of the league. There's there's no well, no maybe bottom, but fifty eleventh. There's no many points in it. Whatsoever, so two or three wins in the bounce, you can climb that table. So that's what St. Johnson will be they're looking to do. But it's a huge win, and, and maybe I'll kick them on in a wee run. Dundee United, I don't think they'll be too too worried about it. Uh, going in in the recent uh, the recent form, I don't think they'll be too too worried about it. I don't think it's any any cause for concern. I think I think it's just be butt up in the road. Yeah, if you you say. What was it? Ten games that they went unbeaten. Seven games in the league unbeaten. Seven, seven in the league unbeaten. If you say uh, you're going to lose one, one game out of eight, you mean that you were doing that all day? So I don't think it's too much cause for concern. The the managers doing a doing a great job with Dundee United, and the players seem to be seem to be knowing their jobs and and doing really well for them. Uh, so I don't think it's a cause for concern. Charlie, would you echo that big one for St Johnson? Yeah, yeah. And and just as what Mark said about it with regards to there with Dundee United's run, they probably weren't thinking that they were going to get beat for St. Johnson. Aye, I mean, they, they would have said, right, so that kind of makes it, it just shows you how the, the win against Rangers maybe didn't think they were getting something and, and it just shows you how it goes around a bit. Again, to echo the points of Mark, as, as the manager, I wouldn't be bothered because apparently... Dundee United played some really, really good, well-organised football back to front. And and when the opposing goalkeeper comes away with man in the match and everybody yeah. talking about Aye. performances, it also echoes that side of things as, as well. And and hats off to, to Xander Clark. When you're not picked for something and you're disappointed, and some people would just kind of drop the shoulders and carry the heat in. But obviously, there's a Scotland squad going to be announced recently and that must I, I know I know that there's loyalties there with Stevie Clark and that's it but that must it's all about players or goalkeepers on form that must put them in with a shout what a performance what saves unbelievable saves at times as well on the St Johnston side of things I think they'll be alright I think they'll just start to hit a run sometimes sometime whenever it'll be and I think they'll be alright and they'll still be 
a bit like last season. They'll still have the adrenaline from last season's run, uh, and I think they'll, they'll, they'll be okay. And uh, again, the performance was was reasonable. Uh, it's not as if they were camped in. They had their chances. They took their chance, and that's something what you've got to do as well. And a good goal scorer, you get one chance in a game, you take it, and and job done. Yeah, definitely. We'll move into uh, St Mirren now, Dundee 1, Max Anderson with only goal for Dundee. Charlie, when you talk about a perfect response after a, a bad defeat, obviously Dundee lost 5-0 during the week. To go and win at St Mirren's a big result for them as well. Oh, you difficult place to go, St Mirren. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and that's what a manager will be looking for. You know, sometimes, and Marco came better than me, sometimes a manager is looking in your eyes and, and he asks you a question and it's the response that he's looking for. It's not to go off in the hot-headed huff and all that. And and yes, um, but again, Dundee are playing some good football and that's the worrying fact. They're playing some good football and they're not getting the results and they're sitting down there. See if you were playing rubbish and you weren't getting the results or somewhere to go. And I think as much as Dundee get thumped five nothing during the week, I think something will click and they'll do that to somebody. And and to go to St Mern, who again, every point's a prisoner with them with their run, and that'll be a massive, massive boost uh, to the players to say right, everybody was disappointed Wednesday night, but look what we can do, guys. Look what we can do, and and go on and 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 get behind everybody and. And again, chairman's coming out and backing the manager. So, so give him the chance to to, to get things and, and turn it round. Again, one swallow doesn't make a summer. So can Dundee then go on and, and get a few results together? The ugly one nothings, they'll take them. They'll take the ugly one nothings for the next three four games, mm-hmm. and that then will start to to kick start and and, and shorten the arm into them. And as you're right, as Mark has has said. Uh, 11th in the table with 10 points and 5th in the table with 15 points two or three results in the trot the now mm-hmm. really really gets you up there before that gap becomes a wee bit bigger yeah Chan Chris what was your thoughts in the Dundee's one now away back to the St Marin St Marin won one from eight games at home is that a worry? I think it is because you, you want to make your home a fortress you want to make it difficult for teams to uh, to come, you want, to, you want teams looking going, oh, we're away to St. Mern at the weekend. No thinking, right, we're away, we're away to St. Mern this weekend when there's three points in the board straight away. Teams will, will be going there and, and the Rangers were there the, the other week there and it, it, it was really made difficult for them. I, I couldn't have told you they were on that uh, run if you, if you hadn't uh, said that there. But Dundee, we talk, we talk about it all the time. You got a reaction after a defeat like that. James McBake what I say to them, let's see what you're made of now. Let's see let's see if you've you've got balls almost to, to come back and and dig yourself out of which don't get me wrong, there would have been a lot of questions asked in that in the dressing room and uh, after the result the other night there. I would have loved to have been on that training pitch the next day because I bet you that training was absolutely electrifying it uh, the next day or whenever they were in training, everybody fighting for a place. He would almost says there's there's places up for grabs now. I seen that there was a few changes uh, as well, so there's places up for up for grabs. Uh, that's that's what the message would have been, and, and the boys that, that were chosen uh, went and went and made it their own. And, and I, I win, 
they would have been good because Ross County's game was off, so it, it puts them, uh, I think it's five, five, five or six points clearer at uh, Ross County just now. Obviously, Ross County the game in hand, but all I'm saying is you, you would rather uh, the points in the board than, than the games in hand, and it, it was, there's nothing uh, more truer about that. So, good win for, for Dundee, and obviously the form of St Murn at home is, is slightly worrying. But, uh, as Charlie said there, the, the gaps between the gap between eleventh and uh, and fifth place, two or three wins and, and then all of a sudden that's you that's you out of Europe. It's it's getting to the point where all these teams are gonna be playing each other and, and taking points off each other. So it's getting close. So I think by, by Christmas time you'll maybe see a, a gap starting to start starting to appear for, for that fifth place, sixth, seventh place. All the way down there, but a good one for Dundee and the reaction that James McBake was looking for. It was a day of call-offs, obviously, in the Scottish football, particularly kind of lower league level, but we, we got a late call-off in the Premiership. Ross County versus Hibs was called off due to COVID. There's been a bit of, kind of controversy with the, with the situation. Obviously, Hibs have got a couple of players who have tested positive. The SPFL is saying the game must take place this week and it's been scheduled for Wednesday, but Hibs are kind of not having that. There's a bit of, kind of discussion going on we believe. Charlie, what's your kind of thoughts on this to be know what the kind of situation is? Obviously, we saw last season Celtic had a few call-offs and they had to play that game, so surely it's the same here. The, the thing is as well is, is what's the situation? We all know our situations with double vaccines with the family and all that carry on, so we now know the situations if somebody tests positive from that point. The club would like, I would like to think the club know everything about the vaccinations and that. Who's the players that have tested positive from yeah. that, the COVID results? Is there then close contacts that knock on from there? And also, when you're bringing in players, are they being in the testing bubble as well? And, and that's probably the aspect of where Hibs are saying at the moment. You, you need to give us time to filter out a wee bit to right. see who we've got as a squad and who we got as a players from that point. Maybe Wednesday is logistically too soon as we know the results from that point. But um, it's, a diff it's a difficult one and I don't care what anybody says. The health and safety of people who have COVID uh, have tested positive and that becomes at the forefront and the sacrifice of the postponement of the game, certainly on Saturday, was the right decision. It might even be the, the case to, to reschedule it later on because um, there was a game that was postponed and, and teams get fined and then the, the, then the, the, the fine come back and, and it, just, it just made the whole people who were organising things look a wee bit silly with egg in the yeah. face. So take the time and just see at the moment what is the situation within the Hibs because it might be that they then go in on Monday morning and another couple test positive and another couple test positive. So let's just run its race for there and and, and not be too hasty to, to try and get everything done. There's plenty of time. No disrespect to, to Hibs and Ross County in any way, shape or form, but there's plenty of times to play these games with them uh, having three midweeks later on. Yeah. Sean you know what, adding that, were you surprised at that decision? I wasn't sure when it was for. I, never, I wasn't sure if it was waterlogged pitch or anything like that. Obviously, with, with the weather, I didn't know it was code related. I think it'll, 
I'll be just frustrating on North County's part off the back of a 5-0 win. Uh, they would have been they would have been I know what it's like when you go and get a win like that. You can't you can't wait for the next game. The next game can't come quick enough. And then it goes and gets called off and, and maybe does it does it hamper the momentum that they would have had going into that game? Of course it does, but there's no much you can do, as Charlie says. These situations were always going to crop up during the season, especially with maybe a, a bit more of a rising, maybe not a rising cases, but a lot of people uh, are testing positive recently. I know definitely for, for around about local areas and stuff where, where we stay, so it has to be the same in, in other areas as well. But I think the Hibs, the thing is, see two or three players test positive. The, all the players have been training together, right? They say they say the best time to, to test is three to five days after you're, you're near a close contact. So say it's Friday, five days later, is roughly Tuesday, Wednesday. So is that too soon for Hibs to do a, a run of tests on Wednesday morning when they're meant to be going away to Dingwall and then another few come back positive? So I think Hibs are, Hibs are 100% right in saying Wednesday is far too close for the the reschedule uh, the rescheduled game because they could also run run more tests and, and more players come back. So plenty of weeks to get to get a midweek fixture in that uh catch up. No there's no uh, hibs on the in Europe or anything like that. So there's plenty of time. I think the SP the SPFL are are a wee bit um what's the word I'm looking for? A wee bit hasty. Hasty with that, aye. I think I think we should maybe wait a, a week or two and, and just let things settle with COVID, uh, with COVID-related issues at Hibs and, and see. But then you've got the flip side, as you said, Celtic were made to come back to Dubai and play a game straight away with a depleted squad. So that ha- if Hibs if I if Hibs get get time, then questions will be asked. Why did we right. not get, get more time? So right. I think if if. Uh, They've gave themselves a wee bit of an issue if, if they did call it off, but I think calling it off uh, on Wednesday, or not even calling it off, but I think rescheduling it a, f- a few weeks down the line is the right decision. But then they've they've made uh, they've made themselves there to be shot at by, by making other teams play straight away. So but it's an awkward situation. We always knew it was going to drop up at some point during the season, COVID-related issues. So it is a weird one, but. Ross County will probably be disappointed that it's called off as they had a wee bit of momentum. Well, the final game of the weekend in the Premiership took place today, obviously. Motherwell won, Rangers six. Rangers were six goals after going a goal down, obviously, through Mugabe. Sakala with a hat-trick for Rangers, Tavernier, Kamara and Ruth. Shankers, apart from a momentary kind of defensive collapse, Rangers did look as kind of probably their best of looked all season today. It was a kind of really convincing performance in the end up. And, and the end up being the keywords. Uh, second half, uh, we'll, we'll go on the first half first, actually. First half, both very, very sloppy goal to lose. Uh, it's, it seems to be the, the end thing now for Rangers to give teams goals they have to have. <laughs> uh, the defensive record that they had last year to this year is, is chalk and cheese. <laughs> The, the goal, McGregor's, the, first of all, the, I'm not sure who it was that got the first first contact, the first header on it, in the corner, but there's nobody within, within a couple of yards of him, nobody challenging him. You know, if 
fair enough if he gets the first contact, but see if you're you're close to him, touch tight. You get a wee, you get a wee uh, a nudge on him. It can put him off when he maybe doesn't generate enough power on it or whatever. And then McGregor maybe collects it. But if if there's nobody within a yard, it generates something to get enough power on it, which causes McGregor to spill it and then the rebound. Nobody's nobody reacts to the second ball. It's just a very very poor goal all round. But after that, uh, I thought Rangers were. I thought even before that, Rangers were, had a lot of the ball. They maybe they create an awful lot, but you can have seen you can have seen them growing into the game once we did one now and and then getting the two goals before half time is perfect. They come out in the second half with their tails up and, and as you say, it's probably the best I've seen Rangers this year. Free flowing football, getting it in the wing, balls into the box. I was quite happy for Sakala getting three goals because he's maybe not had the best time yet. Uh, at Rangers, he maybe not had enough minutes as, as he would like, and then he gets a start. Oh, was that a start? Probably was a start out the blue. Probably wasn't he? Wasn't he? Was, eh? wasn't he? Uh, expected with Hardy and uh, and Roof uh, on the bench as well, but it just shows it was the right decision. I, I thought he was, he was really good every time he got the ball today. He looked, he looked to go one v one with his attacker. He got uh, Donald booked early on at eight minutes and and kind of put him in a tight rope and, and obviously eventually ends up getting sent off, which is, is the right decision to you. I don't think anybody could argue with that. Uh, as a very convincing performance and end up for Rangers. And uh, as you say, it's probably the best I've seen them. And, and they'll be looking to, to go on now and go on a wee run because although the, the top of the league, they haven't been too convincing no. uh, all this season. They've been picking up wins, but... It's scraping by two ones, three twos, etc. So I think they'll be looking to first and foremost keep goals out, top teams scoring first, keep clean sheets, and then I, I think if they keep clean sheets, then the goals will come because they are scoring goals. Uh, there's people chipping in with goals for, for all over the pitches you can see the day. So I think first and foremost uh, for Rangers that they need to start keeping clean sheets, and then goals at the other end will, will take care for themselves. But I think once Graham Alexander said, once it went ten men, they almost knew they were getting getting nothing for, for the game. And it, it, I don't think he's taking any disrespect away for for Rangers' second half performance because they were convincing with eleven men. Uh, but when it went to ten men, you you almost seen seen uh, inevitable that Rangers were going to go and score four, five, six goals. Charlie, we impressed with the result and performance for Rangers today. Yeah, particularly when Motherwell sat behind the ball and then they took their opportunity with regards to that. Um, Graham Alexander, when you listen to his, his post-match interview, he was bitterly disappointed with the three minutes uh, between the, the, the 42 and 45 minutes. And I think that's where Motherwell ultimately lost the game. Um, yeah. By going one nothing up, uh, and we can only echo, echo what Mark Shankers has said there. Uh, God, per many one for ten people, they mistake after mistake after mistake. Uh, and Motherwell went, was it against the run of play? Yeah, yeah, you could look at it and say, but they took their chances. But uh, if when Rangers equalised, if Motherwell had got to half time at one one, yep. I think that would have kept the confidence up a wee bit believing in what they were doing and, and, and trying to get that out ball. But when you lose a goal, um, I thought it was a wonderful goal um, from that point of view. 
And when you look at uh, Rangers' first two goals, you know what I mean? They were both wonderful goals. And, and as again, Alexander, he says, puts his hand up and, and uh, good header, good strike um, with regards to there. And then also, when you're coming out at half time and you're starting the second half, 2 1 down, you don't need to go chasing the game. And just try and sit in a wee bit and, and get the confidence up and then maybe again sneak that mistake corner and you're, you never know you're back to two each. But Motherwell kind of went chasing and then opened up and 3 1 and then the red card. Yeah, Phil Donald, the experienced, experienced player. And it just shows you Boy Sakala goes by some jersey pull, yellow card, and then obviously dives into the challenge and, and he's off the park. and an experienced, as I said, experienced captain. That's a, that's the big thing, Cap. And then everybody else is just saying, right, damage limitation. And it's amazing, guys, see the amount of times guys come to you in a game. How long did it go, Charlie? How long did it go? <laughs> Can you just stop it now? Can you just stop it now? Yeah, you know what I mean? And you're saying to yourself, well, I've signaled three minutes, but you're you're resetting your watch. And your fourth official is counting down. And I get the game finished and and let's go and start again. But, yeah, Stephen Gerrard, delighted with the performance, delighted at the fact that the goals are coming all over the place again. And particularly when you look at Tavernier's goal, it's the left full-back that puts the ball into the right oh, full-back. Yeah, no, that's what I know what straight a, away. What a strike. And you've just got to put your hands up for that. And, yeah, the young boy comes on, gets his, gets his opportunity, and he takes it with a hat-trick. Now, Gerrard's got a decision to make. And you come in... And score a hat trick, and you're dropped, or you're on the bench the next time. Jesus, how do you deal with that side of? And oh. that, that's the, that's the other thing. Roof comes on, puts a goal, puts one in. Your, your main striker, Malerius, is, is struggling. He's no scoring as many goals. Or, or somebody did say, I think he has scored about the same amount of goals as he I, as he was I, at this time I of season. Start last season everybody else is chipping in. Everybody else chipped in with the goals last season to kind of dig them out of the hole. Whereas the the they been at this part of the season. So mm. so Gerard's got a decision to make and the fact that does he does he leave Morella suit and start with the guys who are putting the ball in the back of the net. But then again, the other side of the argument is uh, Morellis is dropping short and linking up and he's working in other parts of his game. So again, did that help today with the the, the play, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. But yeah, uh, good performance for Rangers. Comfortable in the end with regards to the situation, and that takes them back up to to the top of the table. So they'll be delighted with that. Yeah, the four points clear now, back to back to where it was kind of before the midweek. What impressed me about Rangers today was that they haven't showed all season. When they, they went, obviously went 2-1 up last week against St Marin after going 1-0 down and it felt as if they settled for that. It wasn't, mm. There wasn't that urgency like to go and get the other goals. You, the, that, that changed today. You could see there was a bit more determination. Kamara mm. getting a goal as well. They just looked a lot more energetic. There was a lot more togetherness. They need to stop these kind of weak goals they conceded. Uh-huh. It was the, same way the big difference, sorry Scott, the big difference I think I noticed for St Marin to Mother was St Marin still was in their faces. Aye, some some still had a go. But as I thought, Mother will just kind of sit back and, and says, right, let's try and absorb it and take Aye. it with regards to there. Which is quite very strange when you referee the old firm away from home. When you referee the, the old firm away from home, you're expecting the home team to be on the front foot, out yeah. and play and play, and becomes more of a game 
Whereas if you referee the old firm at home, you get a scenario like what happened at Celtic Park. Teams just sit in and you play. I, I just think as well, I remember last season saying on the show, I don't know if Shankers was maybe on, when the Rangers beat Motherwell 5-1, that felt like a moment where Rangers thought we can go and win the league here. That was the kind of big turning point. This could be the same here. It just, the kind of poor start. I know they're sitting top of the league and that, but there wasn't that performance level that we saw last season. Today felt like that. Today felt a bit more convincing. They just, the goal, as Charlie says, Sakala coming in, getting the, the hat track, really coming in throughout the cold. Like it was, I didn't see yeah. it start at all. And Roof coming on as well. I felt for Jack Simpson. He was, that, that, yeah. was, that was his goal. You seen, did you see him in the, the replay? He, he throws his arms at his side as if, what, what are you doing? Take my goal. And a striker, typical striker, uh, greedy and going and tap that in. But see, see what you've said. That's there, what you want for a striker, that's... Aye, that's what you want, of course. Yeah. And, and see, see that back post. Um, I think it was Ali McCoy said before. Um, you see, if you hang about that back post at, at corners and stuff like that, you, it's frightening the amount of tap ins that, that you have. And I can only agree with what you've said. I was going to make the point myself. I think before Rangers, have, Rangers obviously are a team that they like to keep the ball on, like to dominate possession. And, and at 3 1 today, it could have been so easy for them just to. Be lackluster and and keep the ball and and almost play a bit false, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Keeping the ball for the sake of keeping the ball, see to go and see them get. And I, I think it, it was a lot to do with the fact that Carl wasn't a pitch, but see because he's so direct. He got the ball. It was a lot of times Rangers go go out wide and then and then when they get it wide, there's no cross to come back out and go to the other side. See when he was getting it, his first thought was I'm going one v one with that that, that fullback. And and see been direct and, and ruthless in taking the game to them, even at three one, four one, going from their goals. That's what teams like Rangers uh, and Celtic should be like. That, that's what I've seen I've seen from Celtic that I haven't seen for Rangers this season so far, being yeah. ruthless and, and gone and taking goals off teams mm-hmm. and, and punishing them and see when it's two 0 three 0 it's not enough. It's it's mere we want five, we want six. And I think Celtic have been like that uh, this season so far and I don't think Rangers have been, which when I think they can be because Although Motherwell won, they didn't go for it again. Motherwell almost sat and let Rangers do, do what they'd done to them. They, they didn't really look as if they had much fight back, as if they just accepted that that was going to happen. And it's no discredit to, to Rangers because they, they deserved it, but there was no, with no disrespect to Motherwell, there was no an awful lot that... that they were up against in the end. The mother will look like a, a wounded soldier. They were they were down and out, and and Rangers didn't really have to end up working for a lot of their mm-hmm. goals. In two two goals, uh, two goals for for twenty five yards. Two similar goals, Kamara and, and Sakala's goals, both at the near post. The the last goal, Sakala's one, Davis's pass is outstanding. It was kind of similar to uh, I don't know if you seen Fernandez's pass for Ronaldo last night. Yeah. My United Sports game into the back post. It was similar to that. And I think the thing that I picked up on was how ruthless Rangers were, and I would just like to see them doing it a wee bit more rather than rather than keeping the ball falsely at two one or three one, and it almost see two one see if they get the ball and and dilly dally about. At two one, Mother was always in the game. Even at three one, to a certain extent, a, a goal back to three two can can change the game in its head. So for Rangers to go and be, be ruthless, uh, it's what they should be doing more often, in my opinion. Yeah, there's a wee point, Shankers. For, uh, interesting to to get your players' point of view in this. 
And I think, and I can stand corrected, but I think this only happens at Motherwell. The away team in the final whistle walk to the away supporters and walk up the stairs on the left-hand side of that stand. Oh, I've seen it now. See if you've won the game 6-1 and your supporters are cheering and going after their head and, and you're walking towards them up the stairs. That must give you a lift as well. Oh, Whereas, you, 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 see what, you see what it did to, you see what it did to Sakala. I've never oh, seen him been as the crowd. He, he was like a supporter that got the chance to play for his, his <laughs> team, and he, he was clapping it. And I seen Michael Beale saying hey, after it, he he's the nicest person that he's ever came across in football, and he did get that at his interview after it. He, he just kind of stopped smiling, and and uh, it, it's it's brilliant to see, and it says it. Hopefully that maybe kicks starts. I'm no bit dull. You're 100% right. See, when it finds, uh, the players walking off there to a, to a uh, good reception to the supporters, I think they almost sense for each other. This could be the chance that we go in and go on a run and, and, and try and dominate for a wee while. That's what I kind of got to the end of that game. The supporters seen the, seen the Rangers that they they seen last year mm-hmm. uh, that, that were so dominant. And I, I feel like that's, that was the kind of the vibe I was getting watching it at, at the end of the game there, the supporters and the, and the players almost kind of mm-hmm. whipped in and realised, right, this is a chance now, especially with Celtic drop point just of the, the no telling me, players always say we don't read papers, don't watch the scores, don't watch the game. Are you there? I don't care what them say, of course you're there. Even you get after your game, the first thing you do is check who's running about you in the league, we, we'll get the result and see how they do. So Rangers were a, were a uh, new was at stake today to go and win and and we Celtic having a wee bit of momentum after Rangers is uh, dropping points midweek. For that to, to flip at the weekend and Celtic drop points and Rangers, Rangers going and winning convincingly, that that will only give them a lift and, and kick them on for the rest of the season. And I think the best thing for Rangers now is is another fixture midweek because you you don't want to be waiting seven days for for another fixture. You want the game coming thick and fast when when you're uh, off the back of a, a win like that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in in Sakala. I would imagine he'll be one of the first names of the team cheating. Yeah, I kind of mean, I, I think it may actually be been Aberdeen. I might be wrong, but Mother will beat somebody well and truly at home and the away team had to walk up and their supporters were across giving them absolutely <laughs> right. you And you're walking up these stairs as if you're kind of up here to lift the trophy and all that kind of, and they're giving you pebbles. Well, that, it could have been, that could have been Rangers a half-time if, if say, they didn't want they go in no. one now or even one eight, they could be going into a totally different reception uh-huh. at half time, if you know what I mean. Whereas they're going in and Sakala's getting the supporters going yeah. and, and the supporters never, are, are getting them at the back. So I was never yes by walking off the, the part with players cl- uh, cl- supporters clapping and cheering. <laughs> <that way. laughs> no, I'm, for your blood I'm the same. <laughs> and blowing for your blood. <laughs> <laughs> We'll touch quickly on the, the games, obviously, in the Scottish Cup. Obviously, the big result is Clyde Bank. Brilliant result for them, getting that 2-1 win away to Elgin. McGonagall and Nicky Little with the goals. Shankers, they join, obviously, yourselves and Darvo in the third round. It's a great achievement for the West of Scotland Football League and, obviously, for Clyde Bank as a whole, getting into that round. And, obviously, yourselves, a big win last week. Aye, it is. And for me, it doesn't come as a surprise whatsoever. Yeah. I don't know if you've watched the game on Monday night. Maybe yeah. you know the first half, I thought the first half at Elgin were, yeah. were really good. The second half, I thought Clyde Bank were, were a totally different uh, animal. I thought they were maybe unfortunate to 
you know, uh, sneak the the win on Monday night, but for to come out and uh, and go up to Borough Briggs at Elgin, uh, and and go and win two one is is fantastic for them. And as I said, I don't think it comes as a surprise that teams at our level are are, are going up and, and beating teams at a higher level because the the leagues the league two and league one tier six tier five tier four that is the only difference. Uh, between these two teams is is the name of the league that they're in because there's certainly no no a lot of difference in, in quality of players and standards, uh, and players and managers etc. Because uh, there's a lot of teams that like said Darvel the other week there against Rennes. There's a lot of teams at their level that could go and compete at that level. We can we do? And I'm sure you will agree that it doesn't really come as a surprise that Clyde Banks were up there and, and got a win and, and they've got a very winnable tie in the, the next round of the. Uh, the cup as well, Clyde at home, I think. So yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, they'll probably yeah. fancy themselves to go on and and beat them as well at home and, and set themselves up for a right good time the next run. Uh, but I'm not want to get them get them ready <laughs> where they are. Then I'm sure if if uh, if Gordon Moffat heard me saying that, he'd be he'd be telling me to <laughs> just relax a wee bit. But uh, we've got a, as I said, they've got a very winnable tie uh, in the next run. So. Uh, I'm sure that bus journey home yesterday would have been very good for, for Gordon and his, his players. Yeah, definitely. Charlie, would you echo that big result for Clyde Bank? Yeah, I watched the game on Monday night and I think the whole game turned at half-time. Aye, 100%. There must be times, there must be times, Shankers, when you get into a dressing room at half-time and saying, stop giving this team too much respect. Stop That's standing exactly what this, Stop standing off this team and giving them thinking. I can't even mind the boys' name. That's shocking. The number eight for Elgin in the middle of the park. In the first half, no, he was the six. He was the number six. Oh, six the number eight, can he tall, mousy, blondie? He didn't get. He'll, know, he'll probably know. Thank me for describing him like that. But he controlled. <laughs> he effectively controlled the game for Elgin in in the first half and really get into positions and move the ball. Just like a typical centre midfield. I think he one and two or three touch maxes. But then he went in at half time and obviously. The managers turned around and said to Clyde Bank, get out here and get in their faces. Mm-hmm. And then Elgin made a substitution that they took the striker off and they moved him up as a striker. Mm-hmm. And that totally disrupted Elgin's play. And Clyde Bank just come on surge after surge after surge. And the captain uh, never lunged into a challenge in the penalty box. Still more oh, penalty. He was Tasted having a game. I thought he was having a great game up until that point he he actually the, the ball came as a diagonal and, and he's missed he's missed the clearance and then he that's him recovering and he's trying to make up for his recovery and yeah. he, he dives in and and as you say that at that point they looked as if there was only going to be one winner so um but I would like to give a massive shout out to Dobiti Star. Yeah definitely I was gonna Jings, they must have got up about three o'clock in the morning. Who's that? Quite high way up, up no. Away <laughs> <laughs> up there. Oh, geez. Oh. Away up there. I've seen, seen, seen the one, no. Um... Aye. Massive result away up there to, to an old uh, an old uh, thorn and a knocking like uh, Talbot supporters is uh, Billy Bentley. Remember Billy? Billy Bentley, come that goalkeeper. Don't think so. During the 70s and 80s, Billy's doing there, Dobiti star, um, doing a bit of coaching and that. So, big shout out. Well done, boys. Brilliant, definitely, yeah. We'll move into the championship. Obviously, a, 
a few results and a, a particular manager management dismissal to touch on. I brought four of them, Fairman two, Morton one, Hamilton one, Kilmarnock four, Queen of the South nil, Partick nil, Inverness nil, and Wraith two, Air one. I know Shaw double saw Kilmarnock go two points there after Inverness drawing with Partick, but I brought four, Dunfermline two, Dunfermline went two and a lot, and I brought get four goals back to beat them. And it's resulted in Peter Grant being the second manager in the league to be dismissed. Charlie, was surprised at that? No, it's no surprise. I'm a bit surprised they've gone there in the first place. And 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 again, from an outside point of view, when I've managed to have conversations with Peter Grant a few times, nice guy and good coach, but the looks here it served his time doing in the in, in England and then come back up. But, he struggled with Alawa, and I know they're a part-time club, but when he done Fernland, got some decent players in there, if that's the right thing to say, but they just hadn't, they just hadn't done them. I remember Rory been on here once, and he says both the, the void of ideas and that. The thing that's killed them probably uh, is, is no, no a win. They haven't had a win. Uh, and in that league, you really need to... Because there'll be times when you pick up... You saw it, it was about a fortnight ago, midweek, they went... One nothing up against Roof Rovers and just couldn't hang on yeah. with regards to there. But um, yeah, you don't like to see anybody losing their job. Um, but unfortunately, it just hasn't hasn't worked out for for Peter. Particularly been up to nothing against Abroth uh, again, the part time team, but they've come back. But a big shout out to uh, to Dick Campbell. He's a fifer. He's a an, he's a Dunfermline man. You never know. Mm-hmm. There's oh, big talk. There's, there's the big kind of chats been Stuart Petrie and Montrose. Is it any of the kind of managers like I know we've kind of had the likes of Darren Young, Kevin Rukovic in the show? I'd love to see them get a chance like that to get a big job like that. They'd, that's that's kind of what they need. I know we've heard about kind of John Hughes and John Robertson and guys like that, and yeah, they're brilliant managers. But you'd like to see a young guy kind of get a, a chance to do a job like that, Chan, because would they? But that no be a kind of Kevin I Kevin Rukovic done a great job at Stirling Albion. Absolutely. Hi, Kevin, if you're watching, <laughs> how you doing? Hiya. <laughs> <laughs> um, I th- I think you're right, and I was surprised, as Charlie said, with with the fact that Alwa uh, got relegated, and then all of a sudden they find themselves in a, a bigger and better job as well. And we don't like to see anybody lose uh, their job because uh, folk of families pays bills, etc. Uh, but Football was slightly different in that part. It's a result-driven business, and if you're not getting the results, you're, you're no longer in, in finding out and, and losing your job, etc. So I don't think anybody can say it. it's such a big surprise. But the thing is, nowadays, the, the firm and go away, tried and trusted, experienced person uh, who knows the league can, can get results to keep them safe. Or do they think outside the box and go with, with a younger, a younger person um, who's maybe not got the experience but has got the hunger and drive to, to, to maybe something fresh, something different? That Peter Grant's obviously been, been about the game for years and, and that doesn't seem to have worked. So do they go a younger model, somebody, uh, somebody who's, who's trying to make a way in the game and, and, and maybe... I'm not saying Peter Grant isn't hungry, to, to succeed, of course he is, but somebody who's who's younger and, and maybe no no get 
a lot of experience managing, but uh, they want to they want to prove and, and, and make a point. Did they go down that road? I just think a lot of the teams play it too too safe nowadays. Be gone and the managers that they've, that have maybe been there and, and done it to a certain extent, rather than thinking outside the box and going for a going for a younger face like. Wilson was going to be a loving class for tomorrow. Right. I'm not saying his name, but something like that. Somebody who's maybe a player who's, who's maybe finished a few years ago and he's managing a reserve team. And, and somebody like, for instance, John Daly, who's managed, who's been an assistant manager and, and gone and um, managing like parts development team and whatnot. I'm not saying him, it's just an example of somebody who's, yeah, who's done that kind of road. Uh, I would like to see people at that chance, but I think it'll be someday that, that's been there and, and read about done that. Like Neil McCann's already been at uh, Dunfermline's assistant, and I think he actually got, had the manager's job at one point, but I think it'll be someday run about, uh, who, who's been run about a few of the teams at, at the levels. Uh, John Hughes, some, someday, and somebody like that. Uh, it does they're, only three, they're only three points. Away uh, it's no, it's no relegation. It's, no it's the fact that they hadn't won a game. They but does it get to that stage where you're, where you're at the stage as it's not about kind of progressing, it's just about survival? Yeah. That's that's how I think you'll go with somebody who's, who's been a manager for 20 odd years or whatever because it, it's a result driven business. It's the family in the championship and the family in League One. It is a massive financial uh, impact on the, on the club. As a whole, so are they going to see? Right, we're giving going to give somebody a young person three years that might not go. We might have to get in before we come back up, Aye. or do they go and get somebody that will take them to the end of the season, keep them up, and then go again? I think we would rather that choice than somebody who's going to progress them over a three or four year period. And unfortunately, that's just the way it is in in a as a Scot in a as a game in Scotland that. There's that much financial impact if you're in the division above or, or you go down below because the family are a full-time club, one of the few full-time teams uh, in Scotland. So the the fact if, if they were to go down, I know it's very early on the season, but if they were to go down, it would have a massive impact on, on the club as a whole. And, and some teams want to go down and struggle to go back up. You just look at fault for instance. So I think they'll go for somebody to try and trust somebody like John Hughes or, or something like that if, if he's looking to get back in, into the game. Do you, think, do you think sometimes chairmen look at their noisy neighbours? So you look at them firmly and you look at their noisy neighbours and Rafe Rovers mm-hmm. and why are they doing, why are they up so well, etc, etc. And all of a sudden we need to make the change now. We need to make the change now and we need to go and, and, and as you say, Shanker's bringing the experience to get the results and and get back up that table, but two or three wins and my jings, what five points takes you for tenth to sixth? Uh, uh, isn't it? They're not a million miles away. I think it's the way they're playing, I think the style they're playing. The, I, 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 I read something online that it, I mean, Dom Thomas, a boy I know that plays with Dan Fairman. I read somewhere that he's one of the kind of fans' favourites, I think. And, and I read somewhere, it was a few months ago, because I'm sure it was in our, um, our WhatsApp group that, that the fans were, were wanting him. He was at the team and they was wanting him back in. I don't know whether it had been a thought or whatever. I wouldn't quote me on it because it might not be true, but this is just what you, you read online. And, and he wasn't in the team. And, and obviously, when, when one of the fan favourites isn't in the team and they're not doing well, they're thinking, why is he not playing and stuff like that? So 
I think mm-hmm. ever since I started seeing that, I, I was it was inevitable that Peter Grant wasn't wasn't going to be in the Joe Blanc because once once supporters get get some against them, it's very hard to very hard to, to win them back. Who did they bring in to replace Nisbet? Because that exactly. was a big blow. <laughs> exactly. That was a big blow. Was uh, that yeah. straight away? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What we're going to do is obviously do. Uh, well, on Monday, we'll have a League One and League Two, the review column and the, the channel. So stay tuned for that. We'll talk we'll talk about more about that on the the review column we've got on our website. But we'll touch a bit on the what's coming up this week. Uh, old farm teams in Europe, Celtic go to Hungary to play Varos and Rangers go to Denmark to play Bronby. Charlie, give us a wee prediction for both teams. Who will think any of them will pick up results? I think both of them. I think both of them will pick up the results, bearing in mind of uh, what happened at the the, the, the legs a fortnight ago. Um, for that point, plus they also they need them um, for that. They need the need the three points with regards to to, to try and maintain. Uh, I'm not a great I'm not a great uh, supporter of this. If you get the Champions League, you parachute into Europa League. If you get the Europa League, you parachute into the the, the whatever it's called, yeah. uh, old Jackie Scarlet, won <laughs> <laughs> the Jackie Scarlet in December, um, for there. So yeah, um, an order. I think I think Rangers will go to to uh, Bronby and yeah. one and having read Ferenc Varos uh, in Budapest, it's uh, it's quite a, a vocal and um, hostile environment. Hostile so place, I think uh, Celtic will go and get the. The result needed as well. Yeah, I fancy both teams to win. I think Rangers will win in Denmark and I fancy Celtic. I thought Celtic were very impressive against Ferenc Faros and I think they'll carry on in Hungary. Shankers, what's your thoughts on both games? I'm, I'm the same. I thought both teams were very convincing in the, the last uh, round of fixtures. Uh, I know they were both at home uh, with big crowds, so it'll be different going away from home, but I think they've both got, got enough in the locker to go away and win and Two wins can can change the group slightly for for both of them if they if they both go and win get into get into uh, the last two fixtures so I think I think two two wins would, would set them both up nicely and, and I fancy both of them today yeah definitely we will be back on next Sunday to do a, a show obviously with the the weekend fixtures and we'll be keeping everyone up to date with what's going on in Scottish football over the. The, the next week. I uh, want to thank Shankers and Charlie for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure as always. Thanks, Pat. Thanks, Scott. Well, thanks very much to everyone who's tuned in. Please subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channels and follow us on social media. We'll be back with a Scottish Football Extra show on Thursday, so stay tuned for that. And we'll see you soon. Cheers. Thank you.